Welcome to Miss You, Outsiders and Abs. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir, and this is a teen drama writing cast. <laughs> this will come up after it's done. People will not care. And we have not, but we have not gone to it yet. It's a weird situation. Uh, yeah, if you follow the, I guess, continuing story of our lives, there's a Ryan conference. We're going. We're excited. We're, we're doing panels for it. We uh, talked about it on the last podcast. Yeah, and I think the one before that as well. We're very excited. We're very excited. Guys, we're staying in a hotel. <laughs> we're staying in a hotel in the city we live in. Uh, but that's like that's like a vacation. I have a box of wine. That is my form of a staycation. It's the best staycation. I love hotels. There, there is something weirdly relaxing about being in a hotel in your home city. Oh, yeah. Because you're not... In a foreign city where you can't, where you don't really know like the city, and you don't really know all these things, and there's always that underlying tension. Like I've been to a lot of cities, I don't get like stressed out being in cities I don't recognize. But like when you're in your city, you know the places that you like. Yeah, but you're not in your house, so you don't have to worry about anything. No cleaning, no dogs. Yeah. No anything. It's my favorite vacation. <laughs> well, it's not my favorite vacation, but I'm pretty excited e- either way. Well, we're different people, so. <laughs> what? 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 Our podcast is not like not one person. 30% of us being like, we have different memories of high school. <laughs> yes, it's, yes, there is truly a gap. We we it, I feel like when we first started doing this, there was a couple of episodes where we really focused in on that gap. And now it just pops up every so now often. Now every so often it pops up. Uh, well, I mean, because we're, we're both millennials, so, I mean, we're both in the same generation. It's not like we're intergenerational. Accurate. Accurate. All right, but we are talking about the OC, not a conference or anything like that. The OC also has writing in this episode. It it does. Yes. Mostly petitions. Yeah. Yeah, kind of. It it has crafts. It has arts and crafts. Ooh, like Ooh. writing. <laughs> yeah, you you make that segue work, even if it doesn't. I'm doing a something. <laughs> oh, uh, you know, actually, before we begin, this reminds me because of the segue thing. <laughs> uh, have you, have you, you, obviously, this is a big thing now in our city that's been around for a while, but I haven't been downtown in a long time until I started doing all that filming. So I didn't mm. notice how uh, ubiquitous it was. But uh, all the uh, scooters, all the lime and the bird oh scooters. Oh my god, so many scooters. Yeah, I think that's Just, great. Just like in bushes. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's great, actually. No, they're very good. But yeah. When I say in bushes, just so people know, we just got, like, lime bikes and lime scooters. Yeah. And people just abandon them, but they don't want, want to leave them in the sidewalk because we're Canadian. And that's impolite. <laughs> I mean, some people do just leave them in the sidewalk, and but that's a, very impolite. A lot of people just shove them in bushes. <laughs> For someone to find them later. <laughs> like, ha Perfect. I don't know. I think, it's a, I think it's a cool system. The reason I brought it up, because that was originally what the segue was supposed to be. Yes, the segue was originally supposed to be the idea that it, it was a thing for something that was too far to walk, but not far enough to drive. Which is like ninety percent of my life. Yeah, and 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 for a lot of people who live downtown, I sort of not because you don't want to just hop in your car to like go. But it's one of those things when you're like, this is a five minute drive or a half an hour walk <laughs> because of the way roads work and so walking. Works. What do I want? Yeah, and now lime bike. Yep. Scooter. Yep. Lime bike or lime scooter or the birds that compared to it, uh, which is, you know, always good. Uh, but no, I think I think that's uh, that's really cool. I think that's good. I think there was a thing going up a while ago where people were injuring themselves on them a lot. That's their own fault, though. I will say, 
our friend, yeah. yours and mine, Megan, did in fact almost get run over by a sea train. But it was not the scooter's fault. No, was it, it was <laughs> it was the lighting, like the go lights. Oh, it did not in change. downtown Calgary. No, there were like angled ones, and oh. they were like. There was one for, like, half of the road and then one for the other half of the road, which was unclear. So she saw the one for the second half of the road. Weird. Which was clear to scoot. Weird. So she weird. scooted and then... That's very weird. Yeah. I don't so know I don't know. That is not is. the scooter's fault. Yeah. Well, I mean, also, just also the people falling off of it. People could also just buy scooters and fall off their own scooters. That... People could also fall off their cars. <laughs> people could fall off their cars. Accurate. Accurate. All right. Well, let's stop talking about segues and do a better segue into the OC. This is the OC season three, episode eleven, the safe harbor. The safe harbor. So we're gonna right away. At the bait shop. Because they want us to remember it's a set piece. <laughs> which we will not revisit in this episode. But hey, they had it that one time, so... It's back. It's back. And our kids are drinking mocktails. They're drinking virgin mojitos. So that does clarify somewhat, I guess. Though it's not very... Though I there's sort of seen alcohol in that place. It's still an alcohol bar, but yeah. they make non-alcohol versions. <laughs> so it's just an alcohol bar where... Where teenagers are allowed to go into, just not order alcohol, I so guess. So it's an all-ages bar. Yes. Which is not a thing in Canada, because the drinking age is 18 in Alberta. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and We yeah. don't bother with all-ages. Yeah, because it, because by the time you reach that age, you don't, you're not really going out before that. Yeah. Nor do we want you to go to our bar 16-year-old. 16 16 <laughs> <laughs> no, no, actually, they, they have not... they. It's weird. They use the term all ages parties, but really what they mean is teen parties. Parties for teens who are not old enough to drink. Yeah, because if you are a 30-year-old trying to get into the all ages party, I feel they'd be like, okay, this isn't for you. Oh, no. I know it says all ages, but we don't really mean that. It's just a cool way of saying underage. But not your age. Not your age. So not all ages, I guess. Anyway, at this all ages bar, which is genuinely all ages <laughs> it is the last night of winter break and everyone's like feeling real reminisce about how they're going back to school they talk and about a break that we did not see which makes me wonder if this show is clever enough that i wonder if this show came up after their win their own winter break i would imagine that would make sense like 10 the, episodes before yeah because yeah. the way that they were talking by being like like they they almost not quite. They weren't as heavy-handed, but they were almost doing the, man, that was quite a winter break, wasn't it? Yeah, all that time we spent together. But they just had chill fun with no drama. Yeah. However, Marissa's kind of sad because she has to go back to Harbor High <laughs> she, all by Newport herself. Newport Union. <laughs> no, no. They go to Harbor. She goes to Newport Union. I combined both of them into one lame high school, which at, is Harbor High. At no point did you say the word Newport or Union. <laughs> Harbor High. <laughs> so you did not combine them. You made up a third school. Which is the one that Marissa attends alone. Yes, that is the art school. Harbor High. And she's very sad because she has to go there alone. alone. <laughs> despite the fact that she has friends at and, Newport Union. And she's been there for half, for half a year. I have to imagine that she made more friends than just Johnny and Chili. And if she didn't insist on calling Casey a psycho ex, Casey could be her friend too. <laughs> she could also be her friend. 
Marissa, you were friends with the group after you broke up and before you got back together. The fact that she's like, no, it's impossible for us. She was friends with Luke. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, me, she can ne- we can never Exes be friends cannot again. be friends. People who cheat on their significant others can't be friends. <laughs> now, I never technically cheated, just in my brain I did. However, Luke did cheat on me <laughs> with that girl who owned the pool beach house. But I was friends with him, but that's because I am such a good person and they are not. She's a psycho ex. Anyway, off she goes to go to the bathroom. And uh, Summer, in every time Summer and Ryan have a scene together, is it feels weird because they don't let these two have a relationship, really. It's always mostly Summer, but one of them being like, oh my god, I have a plan. <laughs> and Summer's plan is... I mean, technically it's uh, Ryan who gives it the name, but they decided to go into a real war theme this episode for mm. Operation Free Marissa And Summer feels from like, public school. Summer feels like this is a great plan because, quote, Dr. Kim is reasonable <laughs> and time heals all wounds. Yeah, she throws out like a bunch of, a bunch of like, you know, niceties Aphorisms. about. Yeah. But the biggest thing is, Dr. Kim is reasonable? <laughs> yeah. Dr. Kim has been outwardly, openly on Marissa's side. It's true. <laughs> Dr. Kim is set up in this episode. Number one, they really lean into her being a snitch oh, a lot is more. Such, she's a, such snitch. a snitch. Um, but they also lean really into that she's this weird, like, put upon principal of the school she's where she's like, I can't control this school. I'm not in charge of anything. The teachers and Dean Jack Hess, they just do what they want. <laughs> feels, and the parents? Like, she's definitely, she definitely has a doctorate, but it really feels like they kind of were just like, Dr. Kim, you're now, you're now in charge of the school. And it's like a. Like a sitcom situation yeah. where she does not deserve this job and just trying her best not to. And she essentially is like, please, Obi-Ryan Kenobi, save me. <laughs> You're my only hope. Anyway, Seth comes back with uh, fake Manhattans. Yeah. Which is a patently insane thing because Maha- Manhattans are basically like bourbon and vermouth. Yeah, I Where's don't... the non-alcohol component of that cocktail? Yeah, I mean, they were drinking a mojito, which is would essentially be... Simple syrup and mint and lime and soda water. Yeah, so they're drinking almost just soda just soda water. Soda water with do. lime and mint. People, people do drink yeah. soda water. But, like, the Manhattan is the Man- insane. <laughs> the Manhattan... It, the Man- it'd be like someone dr- drinking a... Ver- uh, a what? virgin martini. A virgin martini, because my hands to take off a martini. Yeah. Hey, facts about alcohol. Um, so, it, yeah, it'd be insane for, some, for something like that. I don't know what he got. Something probably something with peach in it. Yeah. It's just like a brown colored drink. It's just Coke. And yeah, so he's, he's, he's down for Operation Free Marissa. But they can't tell Marissa until they have a plan. And right now, they have no plan. I do want to mention that they do, that they kind of skirt this a little bit, which is the fact that Newport Union isn't that bad. They just want their friend back. And you know what? That's okay. And and that is fair. That's fine. And they never make it out to be that the reason she wants to leave... Okay. I would say never makes it out to be. Operation Free Marissa is pretty insulting, but that is definitely what the people that they're trying to talk to will see it as. And anyone else, even Marissa, even Johnny, are just like, well, Marissa wants to be with her Marissa friends. Marissa wants to be with her friends. Yeah. So, anyway. There is a problem there, of course, which... 
Marissa doesn't have any money, but hey, you know, whatever. We'll talk about that later. I did ping on that immediately. I'm glad you also pinged on it immediately. Like, there's a second problem here that is not being discussed. But no one knows. So the next day at school, Summer and Seth reminisce a little bit about how they're almost done and they need to go grassroots. They need to, like, bolster the people to get Marissa in. But Ryan has a Ryan plan, which is to... Talk to an adult. I'm going to talk to Dr. Kibb. She likes me for some reason. I think she just likes having another adult to talk to. <laughs> now that Jack Hess is gone, I'm the only grown-up left at this school. Oh, boy. So he goes in to see Dr. Kim. Is she just grabbing random books? What is she doing in this scene? What busy work do they give Dr. Kim? She is collecting <laughs> massive tomes to take to the library? I don't know. I don't know what I don't know what busy work is going on here. But she's She is outwardly in support of Marissa. Yeah, uh, but she does warn him by by essentially, let's be clear, snitching on how bad the board is. Look, Ryan, you got to convince the board of trustees, and they're jerks. They won't (laughs) let anyone in. Students are forbidden from talking at board meetings. They cannot talk. Ryan, if it were up to me, I'd let Marissa in, but whew. So, Ryan, you're going to need a grown-up? And also, you're going to need to do some research. Find some precedent of a time that a student was expelled for violence. I would and suggest then let back in. maybe the fall semester of 1996 in the records. But Ryan, I'm not going to tell you where to research. <laughs> I'm not a snitch. I'm definitely a snitch. Ryan, do what I say. Ryan, do what I said. There's totally a precedent. Oh, this is going to be so much fun. Brian, I'm so excited. It's been so long since I've had any drama. Oh, oh man, I'm, this is I'm so pumped. <laughs> Ryan picks up what she's putting down immediately. Yeah, for he has become his next stage, which is Ryan Gordon. He wears a lot of he wears a lot of button ups in this uh, in this episode. He has like a Pokemon. He has ascended ascended to his next stage of evolution. <laughs> yeah, he's ascended. <laughs> Is that what Pokemon you, do? You got the evolution part right. What do they do? <laughs> they evolve. They just evolve. Oh. It, you're right. It's their next evolution, but they evolve into their evolution. I just like using the word ascended because that is so much more hardcore. He's like a Jesus. It'd be like, <laughs> it'd be like you're playing Pokemon. It's like, what? Something's happening. Happening. Pikachu's ascending into Raichu. <laughs> Wait, what? Ascending? Oh. Uh... Pikachu is also a Jesus. Pikachu is also Jesus. All right, well, Johnny is back on his feet, and he's feeling good, and he's feeling spry. Okay, <laughs> because over winter break, yeah. which cannot have been longer than, what, like two weeks, three weeks? Yeah. Over winter break, he got his knee surgery, and now he's cool? I'm, I, 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 th- I think they're sort of setting it up as well that he's he's not fully healed he's just having a really good recovery he should i'm just saying (laughs) i dated a guy who got acl surgery and he was laid up in his parents like on a bed in his parents dining room for like six weeks i'm under the impression that johnny's injury was not as it was not super severe now. But remember how that doctor was worried he would never walk again? Yeah, that doctor might not have been a doctor. <laughs> that might have just been a person. May have been a homeless woman off the street. That might have been a blue streak situation where Martin Lawrence had to come in and pretend to be a cop. I remember that movie. Oh, yeah. 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 Anyway, I guess 
he like barely chipped his patella. Yeah, and so as it turns out, things are going pretty good for him because one of the other surfers failed a drug test. So he gets to be an alternate on the team. Yeah, so essentially, and it's, this actually sounds really great. He's actually going to keep doing his physio and like on the on the road on the road but he gets to be a part of this pack west surf team yeah and you know what actually this would be a great story for pack like if pack west just just looking at this from like a a guy who was hit by a car at a surf competition yeah and now has like overcome his surgery to become an alternate that's a yeah, great yeah, story yeah, so yeah, much publicity yeah, even if he doesn't win i mean people love rudy even if he doesn't surf which i'm just gonna say pack west <laughs> Like, you're very bad at marketing if you do not select him. Yeah, just, 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 all he has to do is the bare minimum and everyone will be like, this is really reassuring for me as a person. He just has to hold a surfboard. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's like that woman who got, who got her arm bitten off by a shark. Yeah. I thought it also might have been her rib. So I know she at least lost an arm. Only an arm. Yeah. Anyway, he invites Marissa to come to his surf party because even though they actually took a break, like normal humans over Christmas break. Yeah. She's the only person he cares about. Yeah. And he, well, he's also only allowed to invite one person. And that per- <laughs> Marissa's first, first thing is like, you don't, you don't want to invite your mom? I want to just be like, I'm not inviting my mom to the cool Pack West surf party. Marissa, I want to drink a beer. <laughs> but no, she would choose him over Chili. I mean, also, yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah, that's not suspect at all. So over at that one restaurant they always go to, which I assume is the Country Ar- is Club. It, is it the Arches? I don't know. Is this a different section of the Arches? It is the same place that Kirsten and Julie always go to. Well, and it, Julie and Kirsten are there, and they're getting back to business. They're working on their divorced singles dating company. <laughs> yep. I, I forgot that's what they're doing. <laughs> Me too. I thought they were planning events. I forgot it's not a party anymore. And I when for- she was like, oh, divorced, divorced, I was like... Did they do a bunch of weddings over the break and everyone got divorced already? Well, I thought, like, like are they doing a bunch of divorce parties? Um, and then later she says she's getting a client at a, like, at, at, at a sandwich shop. And I thought, like, oh, so she's calling the people who's getting her food clients? No, she got a, she got someone, <laughs> what? I don't know what that was. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so while they're talking about this, uh, talking about divorces, Julie... Gets very distracted. (laughs) Totally spills the beans on the fact that Dr. Roberts is getting a divorce. Now, in comes Dr. Roberts. Julie spills the beans, spins the beans. Yep, spins right around. And then jumps right up to do some serious flirting. Although I don't think she knows she's flirting. Yeah, okay, so I wrote down, I don't... It's not clear if she's hitting on him. And here's the weird thing. I don't think she is. I think Julie just finally has a friend who's a man. And can talk to about, like, her secrets. Like how they're both lying to their children about the changes in their life circumstances. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) So Neil has not... I guess we're going to call him Neil now? I was calling him Dr. Roberts. Dr. Roberts. He's a doctor. He went to school. He is the head of plastic surgery. We know this. Yes. Yes, he is. So... Dr. Roberts has not yet told Summer that he's divorcing the stepmonster. Gloria. Which he does not seem to understand that Summer will not be upset by. <laughs> she will be sad for him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can see I can see where he's going with it. He, because he does not know her reaction, what her reaction would be. He's sort of assuming. I think I think what he's assuming is that he, she's going to lose another mom. And for, as far as we can tell, the first mom loss was deeply traumatic. 
and he does not realize that Summer has not connected to Gloria. <laughs> not, does not have the same connection to Gloria. Um, and Julie, of course, has not told Marissa that she is the poorest. Nope. Nope. All right. Uh, so we head back to where Summer and Seth are trying to layer. They're talking about, like, oh, what we're going to do here. We need someone to organize the masses, is what they say. And here begins the strangest storyline. <laughs> they, they can't decide. I don't understand Taylor Townsend's characterization and how we're supposed to see her in the larger state of Harbor School. So we have to talk about this now. Yes. Taylor Townsend is sitting with two friends. Yes. Who are very cons- They ultimately are very concerned about her well-being and very concerned that she makes choices that are good for her. Yeah. The- so I'll tell you what I think. Okay, go. you go ahead. I think Taylor has always had friends. <laughs> Lots of friends. I think her mom is abusive and the biggest gaslighter. Like, her mom would only be happy if Taylor was dating Luke. No, I, maybe. That is the only way for Taylor to, su- to succeed. Because in this scene, Taylor has friends. She's sitting with friends. So here's what I think. Because So those two, those are cheerleaders, by the way. Yes. Yes. Because I recognize the one is the one that uh, Seth talked to in the last yeah. episode. Um, what I think it is, is I think that these are part of the Taylor, these are the, um, the party committee, the events committee. Yeah. Who are planning the school picture. But they like Taylor. They care about her. I, d- I, I didn't take this as them liking Taylor. I sort of took them as, like, trying to figure out what the drama is going to be. It is, it, like, so as we go through the thing, when it gets to them, I called them the exposition teenager, the exposition cheerleaders. Because essentially they're there to be like, but hang on. <laughs> the, you, doesn't, don't you, like, hate Marissa? And, like, you know, if Marissa's here, she'll just, she will socially crush you. And wasn't your mom the one who... Like, I mean, yes, from a storyline, their job is to exposition. Yeah, so but I... But the way their lines are written... Well, I mean, th- there will be a continuation through this entire episode on what Taylor... Because they also seem to, seem to assume that if she's not involved, nothing will happen. Even though the last time we saw her do anything remotely organizational... Everyone, everyone hated her. Everyone hated her. So, we've <laughs> rambled. What's going on is Summer and Seth need someone to organize the masses, and they realize that Taylor... They call her General Townsend. ...is apparently the only person who can get people to do something they don't want to do. <laughs> Even though that is strictly not what she's done in the past. Don't get me wrong, she's great at organizing, but they all... but they Inspiring set her, people yeah, is a different thing. They set her up as if... Yeah, it's weird. No, I'm very sad. I'm actually very sad because yeah. I like Summer and Seth, but they have just set themselves up to be terrible people. <laughs> because just the last time they hung out with Taylor, they're like, yeah, Taylor, you're awesome. You've helped us. Yeah. You're our friend. And then she invited them to a Boxing Day party, and they just ghosted her. It's pretty weird that she celebrates Boxing Day. Well, you know Uncle Rick, who's not our uncle? Yeah. When his wife was alive, they used to have a Boxing Day party, and we went every year. No, in America, Aaron, Boxing Day is not celebrated in America. It's a Commonwealth uh, holiday. It's it's celebrated in Australia and can't. It's just weird that 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 in America she celebrate she celebrates Boxing Day. Now there's a Boxing Day party that she celebrates Boxing Day in America. It seems shocking to me that Boxing Day is not also a massive shopping day in America. It's it's not. They they have they have Black Friday. But we also have Black Friday. <laughs> because we're close enough. Americans, please weigh in. Weird or no. Either way, Summer and Seth should be nicer to Taylor because she's just a weird nerd who likes them. 
they are pretty nice to her and they're and they're like you know they they say that hey can you help us with this and she's you know nervous but then they say like you're part well, they they say our group and then Taylor in in immediately latches on to that like, I'm part, part of, of the, the group. group and they're like yeah Yes, obviously. <laughs> and then she instantly gets into the the army mindset. Now, once they leave, they've given her her marching orders. Yep. Her friend's exposition. Yep. And in the exposition expositioning, we discover that Taylor's mom is essentially the person who got Marissa kicked out. And that makes so much sense because her mom is. What do you think of like who who is terrible who cares enough about this? Who is terrible enough to decide to do this? Of course, it's Taylor Townsend's mom. She will continue. They they gave us someone who they decided to give no redeeming features to. <laughs> I just want a place in my head. What you know how Taylor was sleeping with Dean Jack Hess? Yeah. Did her mom set them up? I hope not. Because Dean Jack Hess was also very much like, oh no, we gotta get rid of Marissa. I, I, mm. <laughs> I think that I that I I I I would more I'm more willing to believe that what that probably is is that a lot more of Taylor parroting her mom. And then Dean Jack Hess was like, oh, I would also like to keep sleeping with a 16 year old. Yeah, I will do that. Because remember when we when we heard that she she uh, tried to get uh, what do you call it. Um, Ram's taken away because it's uh, it was Dar- it was not Darwinistic. Oh, yeah. Reverse Darwinism. Yeah, just let's be clear that it was definitely something her mom said that she parodied because she wants her mom to like her, so she just does things her mom does. This poor sweet girl. The, and she has some great growth this episode. So, um, Ryan has done a bunch of homework in Sandy's office, and by homework I mean he researched that apparently a kid threatened another kid with a knife. On campus. And he was expelled and let to let come back. So Marissa shooting a grown man who was trying to kill her boyfriend. Elsewhere. Is not really comparable. Yeah, so, and that impresses Sandy because Ryan did law homework, essentially. And Sandy's like, well, I don't know if I'm convinced. And Ryan's like, Sandy, are you still mad because you think I'm going to be distracted from my future by Marissa? Because I'm not going to be. And Sandy's like, aha. I'm convinced. Well, hey, at least well, he's like, at least you realize it's a thing. Like, the, the, I, I think it's more of the fact that Ryan was like, "Hey, here's a concern of yours. I'm aware of your concern." And Sandy's like, "Great, right, fair enough. You've become a dad." But unfortunately, the president of the board is a man named Jim Mercer, and he's a real hard ass. Yeah, he's a hanging judge. I like how he's a judge as well. Of course, the <laughs> of course he's a judge. Of course, this is going to become a trial. This is the only way they could have a trial in this show. Um, but Sandy's still on board, because he loves ruffling some noopsy feathers. Yeah. Yeah. And it's this cool transition with Ryan's dialogue over to Summer, where Ryan says the phrase, I know you've settled in a union and made a few friends, but then Marissa's face says she's like, oh, I forgot to make friends. <laughs> <laughs> I only have Johnny. I made one friend and then then sunk my claws into I, and I just whirled around him like a helicopter I did the thing I've always done Ryan I made one very close friend and so Ryan's like so I mean if you like your friends I can back off we don't have to do the trial <laughs> she's like no, you know she wants to do the trial but he, when hey when's the meeting it's on Thursday which is the same day as Johnny's party <laughs> and I, and I, at this point I'm just like don't go to the party, Marissa. Then just don't go to the party. You're not dating these, him. These these aren't comparable issues. Don't no. go to the party. Then invest, she goes, <laughs> invest in your future. Uh, Johnny can just bring chili. It'll be fine. 
Uh, then she goes upstairs and tells Summer about all this. And Summer says, don't go to the, don't party. Go to the party. Don't go to the party. And uh, Marissa picks up her phone and then goes, oh, my life is hard. Well, yeah, Summer hands her the phone. And then Marissa like, like dials part of the number and then puts it down. Like, oh, no, I can't tell him. We'll talk about that soon. First, everyone's going to be an activist. The boys are going to be activists. Christian is so proud. And Sandy's like, yeah, I'm also proud of you. Also, I couldn't get in touch with that judge friend of mine because he's I... not my friend and he's out of town. <laughs> yeah, but I I mean, he never said he was his friend. He just said I couldn't get in touch with the judge. <laughs> he made it outwardly clear that man hates him. Which no one's concerned about except for Kirsten. <laughs> Well, well. after the boys leave, he's like, yeah, he's not out of town. He hates me. He's dodging my calls. And Kristen's he, like, He jailed yeah. me. <laughs> he didn't like, Kristen's like, yeah, he didn't like your closing statement once, so he jailed you for hours. Yeah, for six hours for contempt. And Sandy's like, I have no idea why. <laughs> <laughs> this could be very bad, Kristen, but it won't be because I'm Sandy and I have hurt. I'll figure it out. Uh, all right, well, let's, let, let's head off and see Chili and Johnny. In a completely reasonable turn of events, the PacWest doctors would like to inspect Johnny themselves. Yeah. And Marissa responds with the dumbest line known to man, which is, well, I thought you were all done with doctors. <laughs> really, Marissa? He had surgery one, two, three weeks ago, and you thought he was done with doctors? Well, Marissa can just choose to be done with doctors, like when she stopped her therapy. Accurate. So she's like, can't you just not do it? Just stop. You'll just be stop fine. doing it. Everything will work out. They fixed you. You'll meet, you'll meet a boy. He'll say you don't need it. And then he'll try to shoot you. But then you'll never go back. And now you'll be here. And now you're happy. Uh, but just, So Marissa, who decided not to call him the night before, apparently her decision was, well, I better tell him in person. Which is a very mature and grown-up decision. And yeah. out of character for Marissa. <laughs> Uh, she, she says to him, oh, I can't go to the party because I got this hearing thing from maybe I can go back to uh, uh, my know, private school, my private school. <laughs> and Johnny's like, well, yeah, you should go back That's to your private school. That'd be good for you. But then as she leaves, you see his heart break. And that is, again, when I thought, how will she pay for that private school? <laughs> how, Marissa? How? Well, let's uh, check in with Taylor. Who has a button guy. Yeah, she's organizing like crazy, but it's just Summer and Seth. She's just organizing them. But she's got, like, a sandwich board. Ryan's picking up t-shirts. It's a good day. It just says Marissa Cooper graduates, which doesn't tell me anything. Of, you're just That's just a fact. You're just stating something that's happening. And Marissa Cooper will, in fact, graduate <laughs> at Newport Union, like, or as I called it, Harbor High. Yeah, it's a very bad sign that tells me nothing about what you want. It just states... A thing. A fact. But, well, that's going on. Um, it's Taylor's mom who comes <laughs> rushing up. And she's like, Taylor, did you hear? Someone wants Marissa Cooper to come back to the school. <laughs> and then she looks slightly to the left and slightly to the right and sees all of this, like... <laughs> paraphernalia, paraphernalia that Taylor has made. So, so Seth sort of hands her the free Marissa poster, which is also a shirt... That is a terrible photo of Marissa. They did like a Shea Guevara thing, but she just sort of looks disappointed in you. She's disappointed because she's not Dis free yet. Disappointed and angry. Like I thought they're, I think they're trying to go for like a stoic thing, but instead it just if I saw that, if I did not know who that person was, and I just saw a photo that said, free this person, I'm like, ah, that person doesn't look like they like me. <laughs> <laughs> 
She looks kind of bored as well. It's a bad photo. In this scene, we have the hugest reveal, which is that Taylor Townstead's mom got Marissa Cooper kicked out of school so Taylor could be popular. Which is insane. (laughs) Which is a sociopathic thing to do. Once again, they gave her mom no redeem. She she is er Julie Cooper. Her mom destroyed a teenager's future. For the chance that her daughter... Might be cooler. (laughs) Might be a little bit cooler. Unfortunately, her daughter loves Seth Cohen and Summer Roberts. (laughs) So... Like, Taylor comes just... over. Taylor, like, after that whole thing, Taylor comes over and says, like, she's the more, but really what she says is like, I'm sorry, I can't play anymore. That's, that is the demeanor she has. Like, is of, mom says I can't play with you. Yeah, that and that is a heartbreaking demeanor. Taylor <sighs> Townsend's mom. Taylor has friends. You, you didn't see, have to do any of this. You just, you just don't like them. You... You made fun of her for having friends with Seth before. You know she has friends. <laughs> her, yeah, her mom sucks. Also, she's very smart and obviously has a lot of extracurriculars because the cheerleaders and the football team and the water polo team will only vote for Marissa if Taylor tells them to. Like, nothing makes sense. Yeah, no, this 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 entire episode has ruined every precon- preconception of of Taylor Townsend and only that in the episode they contradict themselves on what her state is in the school because at the same time I mean don't get me wrong wrong. her mom is clearly terrible and gaslighting her and telling her you don't have any friends when she clearly has friends over there but also we were told by other people that she's not a cool kid at the school the only person who said she was uncool was Taylor Taylor said I have no friends. Taylor said she no, was uncool. No, but Summer and Seth also imply that, that she that she's... And we see that when she does any of her stuff. That no one wants to listen to her. Oh, I forgot about the lock-in. We see the lock-in. And even when she was the head of the... Uh, the the party committee those those it's clear that those things aren't her friends they're and they actually don't like her that much because as soon as summer comes in with slightly different ideas they're like yes these are much better these require less work from us well kevin she was a villain then now a hero yeah i don't know who cares about story consistency (laughs) (sighs) Well, they're not the only one who who are figuring out inconsistencies in stories. It's not inconsistencies in stories, but... But Matt is... Okay. Matt is suspicious about most things. He told Sandy not to put down money on a, on a building because it was a bad deal. Yeah. Then he had his guy, who's a public investigator. Private investigator. <laughs> investigator who investigates the public. A, a, pu- a public investigator is just a detective. Well, he has this uh, super secret detective do some research, and he realizes that the house, the building is, in fact, undervalued, so they should bid on it. Yeah. And Sandy's like, what? Why do you have a guy? Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, hey, Matt's firing on all cylinders. And, so so good for, and he's, and he's doing good. And unlike the last episode Matt was in, this time Sandy's distracted because judge troubles. Yeah, he's reading. A, he's just looking at a news report on the Marissa shooting, and then Matt's like, "You know what? I can look into him. I can look at the Mercer, this Jim Mercer guy. I could do that." Hey, hey, Sandy, my super <laughs> secret detective. I'm on the phone with him right he's, now. He's clearly not super secret. He's just a private investigator. And and, they, and Sandy's he, like, Matt, maybe no. I don't do what you do, Matt. <laughs> but then he has. But then he has his like. Nice little smile. He's cool. He likes this Matt. He's, he loves he, engaged Matt. 
when Matt is not at the strip club, great Matt. Great Matt. The best Matt. <laughs> uh, and he's always got a guy. All right. Uh, let's head back over to uh, Newport Union where Ryan and Marissa are having lunch. Ryan gives Marissa one of her cool t-shirts. <laughs> yeah, one of her cool t-shirts. And everything's finally working out. And then she gets a phone call and... It's weird. <laughs> Chili. And- so Chili is... So what she says, she, she does a few things. She, she's like, oh, really? What? Okay. Right now? Okay. Um, and what she says is that Chili isn't feeling well. So she needs to bring him his books. Now, I think... That just, no, here's the thing. That is not suspicious to me, actually. It's not... It's Chili is a lot. Yeah. It's not suspicious to me either. And I feel like that's genuinely what Chili said to her on the phone. <laughs> yeah. Now, what we know as an audience is that Chili took Johnny to his meeting with the PacWest doctors. Yeah. And I think Marissa also says that to Ryan. But Marissa's not suspicious about Chili's weirdness. Nor are we. Nor is Ryan. <laughs> no, Ryan's incredibly suspicious about it. Because this scene goes to Ryan rushing off to ask Summer if there's something going on. I just meant at this moment, he was like oddly chill. Oh, yeah. This until moment, I saw him rush off right. to Summer. This moment, it doesn't look like he... It looks like he's just left alone. He's left alone to school he does not go to. Although he does ask Marissa, he's like, can I drive you there? And she's like, oh, no. And I'm like... <laughs> How are you going to get there, Marissa? I think she drove herself that day. I oh, think she I still keep, has a car. I keep forgetting that she probably... I Why doesn't Julie sell her car? I, I'm i sure her car is like a BMW Ju- or something. Julie, Julie does not want to impact her daughter's life at all with, you know, poverty, I guess. But that car's got to be worth like $100,000. No, I agree. She should sell the car because she most of the time Ryan drives her. That's a down payment on a house. A condo. A condo. A condo. Well... <laughs> Well, this leads into Ryan rushing off to ask Summer if there's something going on based on nothing. And Summer's like, dude, I don't know. I just think Marissa's kind of sad to leave her one friend at her new dumb school. But then Summer, like, tells him, like, like oh, uh, no, Marissa's, you know, feel bad. She thinks she's abandoning Johnny. Ryan, you know how Marissa works. She would think she was abandoning a spider that lived in the bathroom. <laughs> well... <laughs> <laughs> I can't leave him. What if someone comes in and is like, oh, a spider that crushes him? That would be my fault, Summer. It would be my fault. <laughs> Marissa, you can't helicopter parent a spider. I just need to make sure he makes it to the outdoors, Summer. <laughs> just just give me a cup. I'll put him in a cup. I'll put him outside. Marissa, I can't help but notice with the spider still in that cup. <laughs> he needs me. <laughs> So, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. This week, did you find something that made you happy? Did I find something that made me happy? You mean not a writing conference that is yet to come <laughs> has not slash in the past? Yet. Yep, it has not happened yet. I did. And the thing I found that made me happy was Wes from Smosh. <laughs> okay. He's such a open-hearted, lovely young man <laughs> with white hair just like Link from Legends of Zelda. Uh, Which is why he has cosplayed him. Okay. It's it's not natural. All right. But he's such a sweet boy. He's so tall. He works out so much. And when everyone voted him the least funny on the team, he also voted himself the least funny on on the team. And he was like, you know, being the least funny on this team is still pretty okay. (laughs) So you're... (laughs) 
So, you, so your good moment this day is that you found a cool person online. <laughs> yeah. Eh, fair enough. I'm sorry. No, it's good. It's, this is not. This is not a judgmental time. This is a time to take glory in the little moments. I have never watched Smosh before because, again, as our listeners know, I'm bad at internet. <laughs> I found out, like, what, Smosh was popular in, like, 2012? Uh, I feel like even before that. And I'm like, here, this, in the year of our Lord, 2019, I like Wes. <laughs> He's good. not even a full-time staff member anymore. No, that's good. He just... And when they did the, like, spelling bee waxing, A, he was very good at smel- spelling because he's a very smart boy. But he also <laughs> wanted to be waxed. Okay. Because he just wanted to know. And by waxing, I mean the bikini area. Ah. Uh, all right. <laughs> Kevin, what made you happy this week? Um, a little moment. So uh, I was going over to Brittany's. Um, on one night because there was like time between when I was doing my historic Calgary week and she was mm-hmm. all these trips. Um, I went over one night and when I got when I got to her place outside her apartment, uh, she had the window open and I just heard and her voice coming inside. I'm like, oh, so there's like a TV on or something. And as I was listening more, I'm like, oh, that's my voice and Aaron's voice. <laughs> she was listening to her <laughs> podcast. She was listening to her podcast. <laughs> so I was standing outside her apartment, uh, texting her later, know that that I'm there, and I just. <laughs> Hear my voice coming out the open window. I'm like, hmm, that was like three episodes ago. <laughs> well, hey, future Brittany. Yeah, eventually you'll get here. And you should check out Wes on Smosh. <laughs> <laughs> so Julie Cooper goes to visit Neil, our friend, Dr. Roberts. Well, no, she goes to visit Marissa. She and- knows Marissa is at school. I am, I am choosing to believe in this moment... She does not know her daughter's at school? No, that, that, because Marissa said that she, that she would meet Ryan at the diner later. I choose to believe that they went directly from school to diner, and not that Julie has, for the second time in two consecutive episodes, not known the schedule of her daughter, who she, could cl- who she should, should clearly know. And, like, high schools run from 9 a.m. until 3 p.m. Not that hard. Yeah. Well, so she's not there, but hey, Dr. Roberts is there because he decided to take the day off. Because he's preparing to tell Summer the truth. Just like Julie's preparing to tell Marissa the truth, because... In order to pay for Marissa's private school, she cannot buy a house. Yeah, all the money... Apparently she's been saving, which means that the dating slash event planning business is successful, and Julie has money. I assume she actually has money. I assume that at this point she's, like, not making a whole lot of money, but making some money. Um, So she was saving money for a down payment for a house... Yeah, so instead she's going to use that to pay. This is what I mean by Julie just trying everything in her power to make sure that Marissa does not have to experience any of this at all. Because Marissa definitely has a vehicle, right? Yeah. And she's re- so, so she's refusing to sell it, even though she does know she needs to pay for tuition. Selling the car would either be the down payment or the tuition. And I feel like Marissa would trade her car for <laughs> Harbor. Like, eh, Probably. Anyway... So they decide to have a drink. Hang on, just very quickly. Can you not imagine Marissa being like, like, no, I understand. We can sell the car. Maybe in, like, I, I don't need a BMW. Maybe I could just get, maybe I could just have like a smaller BMW. <laughs> like, I can imagine Marissa being like, no, Marissa, it's all gone. And like, we thought Marissa knew that she was poor. We'll talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yes, yeah, so they talk a little bit about, you know, 
whether they should open up and you know they're so excited and we can't destroy our kids joy right now maybe in a couple days i'm like no <laughs> no grown-ups where's kirsten you need a good grown-up influence and all you do is like julie i feel like you should tell marissa because i don't know if you can afford tuition well and the thing is if she tells marissa then marissa makes an actual choice which would probably be good for her yeah to be like oh no i i would love to go to harbor but this is better for my family to stay at Union because my mom can't afford tuition. I'm just going to point out like a sidestep plot. Yeah. We assumed that they paid for Caitlin's fall tuition before <laughs> Caleb died. Yeah. Did they pay for the entire year? Who's paying for Caitlin, Kevin? Where is Caitlin, Kevin? I'll tell you this. The next episode, spoiler, is called The Sister Act. So I'm going to say that's where Caitlin appears. Better be Caitlin. So maybe we'll get some answers there. Uh... Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I feel like I feel like it might be better. Here's the thing: I, I, I can imagine that if they're making money here, then they could potentially just stay in the trailer park but pay for Marissa's tuition for her final semester to go to Harbor, which is probably a good idea for her to get into a good school. Yeah, and you can get scholarships and do all those things. Because um, unfortunately, the world is unfair, and the rich kids get the scholarships. Yeah. Uh, and that's something like, like they can just put the they can put money else like, like it's like I remember uh, not growing up like uh, when I was a little like he's a little bit the past in the past in our past I was uh, talking to someone and uh, they saw like the house that, that we were that we were living at the time when yeah. we were younger and they're like oh you have such a big house you know you know uh, rich kids and like you have a maid that comes every other day to clean your house yeah people it's, spend their money on different yeah, things. yeah just where you you put your money in different things so they so like just. So Marissa could still go to Harbor if she gets in, and they could still live in the trailer park just because the money is just pushed elsewhere. And Julie can also eventually get a house, because once she pays for Harbor, yeah. she can continue putting money aside. Yeah. Because what you don't remember, probably, yeah. is some of our smaller houses. Like, yeah. we lived in a lot... Like, our houses got progressively yeah. nicer yeah. as we got older, because our parents saved money, and because... Well, I mean, to be I fair... I mean, also, we were just getting older. We were getting older. And, like, a lucky railway thing is when we got transferred from Calgary to Toronto, part of the relocation package is if they're forcing you to move, yeah. they will help you get a place that's, like, comparable to yeah. the place you lived before in your new place. And then you have, like, a CP mortgage, but it's a different rate, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, Very... it's a whole thing. Anyway, what ended up happening is we moved from Calgary to Toronto, got a comparable house... They paid off their mortgage, and then when we moved from Toronto, okay, then Vancouver. But then when we moved from Vancouver to Calgary, <laughs> houses were less expensive in Calgary, hey, and that's why we were able to get the house. Blocked. I want to point out, people will know this, but remember at the end, at the beginning of the, of the last episode, when Aaron told her story about uh, the uh, the insulin thing, I cut out five minutes of that story because she just gave a whole bunch of needless setup. People need context. No, not always. The only context I would go with is that, is that hey. Also, sometimes it's the same reason why someone has like lives in a trailer park but has a really nice car. You put your money in different areas. I just think that the railway relocation package was really cool. It no longer exists. All right. Anyway, they chicken Johnny, out and drink. <laughs> Johnny, Johnny has all the feels because, well, turns out 
that the PacWest doctors are like, you literally had surgery two weeks ago. We don't know what's up. Yeah. so he, You probably shouldn't go on a surfboard. I mean, seeing him moving around, he's fine. So maybe it's a miracle, but who knows? Anyway, Johnny trashes his room and Chili is sad for Johnny. Chili informs Marissa that Johnny has lost everything, which... To Johnny, yes. To Johnny, has. yes. Yeah. But, like, maybe a reasonable outsider should be like, hey, buddy, maybe in one year <laughs> you can do the surfing thing. Yeah, but the, the thing... I know, when you're 16, everything's well, immediate. And also, I don't know the surfing industry. I don't know how surfing industry. works, yeah. Like, there's, a, there's a lot of things where, with the sports stuff, if you don't do it at that prime time, then you're all of a sudden, you're too old. Well, and, like, with a lot of professional sports, you can get into college and you could get into college a year yeah. later and then college is what gets you into the professional thing yeah but we don't know about surfing we're canadian um so i can see why john would be obviously so upset about this because it's the only thing he's ever talked about is that he had this one dream and apparently he's good enough to do it he got on the team also he's 16 and has not talked to a grown-up <laughs> yeah all right well we move from her to of her being sad and chili being sad to the other three the trio who are also sad because their petition only has 13 signatures. Because apparently without Taylor, they can't get signatures because she's super connected. This is the point where I'm starting to wonder, is she some sort of, like, mob boss? Where, like, no one likes her, but they all respect her? She just has secrets on everyone. Like, that's that's the only thing I could imagine from being like, oh, we can't get these connections without her. No one will, no one would cross Taylor Townsend. She's Gretchen Wiener. Her hair is so big because it's full of secrets. They'll, they'll, they'll wake up with a horse head in their bed. Anyway, in comes Marissa, and it doesn't matter they're sad, because she can't go to harbor anyway. Goodbye, <laughs> my friends. Let me walk into the night. <laughs> before this moment, even before this moment, when, when Marissa was like, I don't know if I can go, Johnny was planning on leaving. Like, he would leave. He would leave on the tour. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, now, now maybe it's like, ah. Oh. Well, now I have one friend. <laughs> you can... S- I like her thought about also. You could still be friends with Johnny and not go, not be at Newport Union, just like how you were still friends with your other three friends without going to Harbor. But Johnny has no one, Kevin. John, not even his mom. Not even his mom or Chili or the, the fact that he definitely has other friends because they threw that party. And it was a massive party. It was a massive party. I think money should have been the issue in this whole choice, but yeah, she does not realize that's, that's a problem. Well, don't worry. We don't have to hang on this concern for too long because literally the next scene and the next morning she goes, hey, Ryan, I'm sorry I didn't feel like talking last night, but Johnny got some bad news and now I can't leave the school. I I can very much feel like I am actually super, not surprised, but I'm impressed that Ryan just be like, maybe we should break up. (laughs) Marissa, you clearly don't want to be with me. (laughs) I mean, I mean... Kind of. Isn't that the, like, hers being like, oh, I'm sorry, I would really love to, you know, graduate with my boyfriend who we repeatedly said we, you know, we love each other and, you know, all these things, all these things. But this guy, but this guy, he's real sad and I gotta be there for him 24-7. Well, and Ryan's like, I'm sorry I pushed this on you. And she goes, oh, no, no, it's my problem. I never (laughs) asked you to support me or love me, Ryan. (laughs) I don't know why you're here. You should leave. No one should be around me. I never asked you to do this. Marissa needs therapy. Julie, for sure, no, no one has health insurance. <laughs> no. No. Um, but so Ryan actually, he's like, you have to stop, Marissa, and then pretty much just leaves. So 
A short sidebar, Matt reveals that he has some real sharp news, which is that the judge's son has a drug problem, just like the kid that Sandy defended in the suit where the judge got real mad at Sandy. Yeah, which, okay, two things. So he had a drug problem and he's disappeared. He's off the map. Um, That seems like a real bad judge (laughs) to be like... You're going to jail because you're because you're doing your job by defending someone who is similar to my son, who I'm mad at. <laughs> you're going to jail for six hours. I look at Sandy's like, oh, I understand now. I'm like, what? Sandy <laughs> okay. has always let his emotions rule him. Uh, so he so he can understand when a judge lets his emotions rule him as well. So he's happy. He knows, but he does he doesn't want to use the information. No, he's be, a good guy. Yeah, he doesn't want to throw that out there for anyone to know. So side sidebar. Summer and Seth are like, oh, this whole campaign you go off the side is... bar, you're back on the main bar. No, the main bar is Ryan and Marissa. We're not back there yet. Really? Okay. So the side sidebar is that Summer and Seth are like, oh, the school is so apathetic. We need to be feared rather than loved. Let's go Taylor again. They need someone who can inspire and intimidate. So Summer gives Seth permission to seduce Taylor. Now back on the main storyline. All right. Ryan shows up to Dad Johnny. Yeah, he comes in with his buttoned up, and he's like, hey, Johnny, uh, first of all, I don't care about uh, public and private, but he's, but he's staying, but you know, Marissa's staying because you're so sad, right? She's staying here for you. She is sacrificing other things, things that may be good for her. We don't know. For you. And Johnny, I'm not telling you what to do. I know she makes her own choices, but just make sure she's free to make them. <laughs> Yeah, she doesn't have that. She doesn't have her weird Marissa brain going on. Back at Sandy's place, Kirsten brings him his favorite sandwich, and he's busy moping about ethics. Yeah, yeah, he's trying to figure out like, oh, do I use this? You know, do I let it, like, you know? Do I reveal this so that you know it proves essentially that you know that this is a good thing to do? Or and like, uh... all Kirsten says is, Sandy, if you were a public public defender, and Marissa was your client, what would you do? So at the school, uh, Seth approaches uh, uh, Taylor Townsend. We find out too much about what she likes when it comes to sex, which is candle wax and tube socks. And Fiona Apple. But uh, Seth's actually not offering sexual favors. He's offering friendship favors, which is just being a friend. He says to Taylor, if you get Marissa into the school, you'll have four friends. He's like, I'm your friend, and Summer's your friend, and Ryan's your friend, and if you get Marissa back... She'll probably be your friend as well, because she just goes along with whatever we say. And Taylor, Marissa has lots of friends, so you'll have all the friends. But the, but Taylor Taylor is in a very tough spot, because, like, she this is her mom's, so her mom's a sports agent. And her mom has been threatening her. Yeah, she would, apparently she would take away her car. And not pay for university. That one is a lot more, like, stark of a terrible, like, take away your car is like, yeah, it'll so take it's away like, your okay, car. okay, whatever, yeah. we'll drive you but, around. But I will not allow you to to pursue further education is... If you have a friend, Taylor, you have no future. <laughs> and Seth's like, I mean, I guess you'll get scholarships. <laughs> yeah, her mom sucks. And he can't say anything. All he says is, hey, buddy, I hope when you grow up, you won't be like your mom. Cause yeah. She sucks. <laughs> she sucks. She sucks. Uh, <laughs> let's head over and check it in, Julie, where we learn repeatedly it is never Gus at the door. <laughs> but 
Julie always learned, assumes it's Gus. We learned so much about Gus in these tiny moments. He likes to deep fry ham for Christmas. And this uh, time he's making a pigeon pie. He makes a pigeon pie. And Julie <laughs> hates what he does to those little birds. But it's not him. In fact, it is Dr. Roberts. Who came to drive Mer- drive Julie to Marissa's trial. I mean, the tr- school trustee hearing. Yeah, sure. Uh <laughs> Julie, of course, thinks that Marissa would be better without her. And Dr. So Julie thinks that Marissa would be better without her. Dr. Roberts said that every girl needs her mom. And I say Marissa needs one parent that does not abandon her at the first sign of problems. So, Neil, maybe that's you. (laughs) Yeah, maybe Dr. Roberts, maybe you are her dad now. (laughs) Actually, it's worth mentioning mentioning that um, I don't... I, this is the part where I'm like, I don't think Julie was seducing Dr. Roberts. But I think he's seducing her. Well, I'm down. No, I don't even know if that's the case. Just because of the moment, the moments of breaking where they're like, let's go have a drink. Like, that aren't, aren't sexy drink. They're just like... They're just friends. Yeah. But I am so down for this couple. Yeah. Like... When he discovers that Julie has been eating pork rinds, and she's like, I'm just playing the role of a trailer park girl. He just takes the pork rinds and goes and talks to Gus. Like, <laughs> here's like I understand, like, her marrying him would also de- would also fix a whole lot of her problems. But, but of all the people that Julie has been attracted to, he feels like an equal to her and brings out the best in her. He, and he seems to genuinely care about her as a person. Unlike Caleb, who, who repeatedly brought out the worst in her. Now, I do appreciate... That they've not sacrificed the previous characterization, yeah. which is he thinks that Seth is adult. <laughs> yeah, no, he still does that, and well, because every time Seth sees him, he somehow is able to be adult. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, back at not Harbor, no, no, actually, at Harbor characters, yeah, um. Our main characters are very sad because Taylor's not there. Marissa's not there. They're just moping by the pool house, hoping that their friends show up. But I guess Marissa is still at school. Studying? I was trying to figure out for a long time what the time was here. Because it also looked like it changed. Which made me wonder if this scene was used to be elsewhere. Because it looks like it's, it's evening at the Cohen household. But now it's late afternoon. And it turns out Marissa has not seen Johnny all day. Yeah. But down comes Chili in great spirits. Oh, yeah, because he's going to tell, tell her the good news. Turns out the sports med surgeon went to school with the PacWest doctor, so he called him and convinced him that Johnny would be fully healed. And Marissa's like, ah, oh, that's so cool. Let me go to my hearing then. Well, no, actually, I really good. Johnny's like, yeah, so me, so we're going to go to the party, and then I'm going to go with him when we leave. It's so weird. Both me and Johnny are leaving, and you're going back to Harvard. It all works out. And Marissa goes... I can't stay at the school. <laughs> so off she walks, and then it is revealed. Johnny just, like, weirdly steps out. From behind a door? And then he looks at Chili, gives him a nod. Chili looks at him, and with the most serious face ever that Chili could give, gives him a nod. And like, wait, what? So Johnny has just been hobbling around, like, a half block behind Marissa all day. Yeah, that's the only thing I could imagine. <laughs> okay, so I, I want to say something right now. Right now, so it's a trick? It was a lie? It's a lie? It's hard to say. We will revisit that. All right, so now it's nighttime and the three kids are still waiting. And someone lit a fire in the background. It was Sandy. <laughs> but hey, Mercer arrives and they all head off to the um to the hearing. And Sandy is so thrilled. He's so excited to do the hearing. The judge is kind of douchey at him, but he does not care. <laughs> judge Mercer is a jaunty man in a bow tie with a with way too certain of an expression for a man with a bow tie. 
Now, as soon as this is going to start, in comes Matt, and he's got some news that Sandy has to hear. Yeah, a lot of stuff is going to go on here. The camera, like, moves very free-flowing. Uh, Matt and uh, Sandy head out, and they immediately catch up where Taylor arrives with her mom. Because her mom has bullied Taylor into coming to this. Yeah. And, and her mom says either she's with her or against her, so cool. So Taylor's mom really wants Taylor to have friends, but not the friends she has. Yeah, then her mom grabs Dr. Kim, and we move back over to Sandy and Matt, where Sandy just reads something and is like, tell me everything. Then Summer and Seth call Taylor because she's hiding in the bathroom, and they're super nice to is her she, on the phone. Is she hiding in the bathroom? No, where she's is not. She? She's in the student lounge. I thought she went home. <laughs> No, she's in the student lounge. Because there's, like, a picture behind her that's a picture you'd find at Ikea. No, there's, like, trophies around there. I think she's in the student lounge. Okay, okay, that's fair. Anyway, they're super nice to her on the phone, and she's like, oh, man, people are nice to me versus my gaslighty mom. What do I do? Oh, no. Oh, no. And they say it's okay if she has to miss this. They understand that her mom is the worst. Yeah, the, the, the fact, and I think that's more than anything what makes Taylor, like, like them more is that they don't like get mad at her or try to gaslight her they're just like we understand it's a difficult situation we'll see you tomorrow now here's an awkward scene taylor townstead's mom flirts with neil and neil is like back off and then she's mean to julie (laughs) and neil's like back off i'm clearly not on your side you are a bad marissa lives in my house mrs townstead how did you think this would work So the council meeting starts. We begin with Taylor's mom because she's the head of the parents' guild or something. She's doing an annoying speech. Doing her opening statement. And in comes Taylor. (laughs) Wearing that free Marissa shirt that is so terrible. And it turns out that Taylor has signatures on her petition from all 300 (laughs) Harbor students. Oh, they gave us a number. (laughs) And it is exactly what we guessed, so I am so happy. And then her mom comes gets mad, and we'll continue to get madder and madder, because as she says, children are not allowed to address the board. And then Summer says, well, Taylor, <laughs> or sorry, the board, we may talk- I address another student? Yeah, we can talk to each other, right, in the same room. Taylor, explain your petition. <laughs> explain this to me. It's, I, I don't know why I hooked on to so much, but I, I hate so much that that the students at the school are not allowed to talk to the school board. Children don't know, Kevin. Children are to be seen and not heard. Well, don't worry. Children can't be heard, but Julie Cooper can be heard. Yeah, of course, Taylor's mom's like, well, of course you say that. You're her mom. And then Neil stands up. He's like, well, I'm not her mom. (laughs) She does. Now, he does make the would make any father proud comment, which is sweet, but weirdly pointed at Marissa because... (laughs) She has no father. Because her father is bad. (laughs) Now, her father is proud of her. Yeah. But. But is weird. And bad. (laughs) Bad. Uh, And then more children are going to keep talking. Well, because our Judge Monroe is like, ooh, you're all making pretty good points, but there's no precedent of a student ever being let back in if they were expelled (laughs) for violent means. And Ryan, who's sitting in the front row with a button up, just goes... Uh, yes, there was. <laughs> Please, let me explain about the stabbing. <laughs> Dr. Kim's like, yeah, there was. There was one. Yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was going to be the judge's son. Oh. It no. was not. No. Uh, but. Then the judge, Judge Monroe, was like, well, this grown man makes a great point. The judge also tells him straight up to shut up. And the judge is like, no, no. 
he's a grown man. <laughs> he's clearly a grown man. He look at the shirt he's wearing. That's not a boy. He's made a great point. <laughs> I it's it's worth noting that like <laughs> this hearing goes never feels like it's going to go the other direction because literally everything is brought up in her favor. The only counter they have to it is this woman shouting, "Children should not talk." And speaking of children, in comes an adult. It's Sandy. He swoops in and gives the most lawyer statement that has ever lawyered. He gives a speech about second chances, about how good kids, and he makes repeated eye contact with with Mercer. Now is it time to right or wrong? So they have their vote, and we hear from it outside as Johnny arrives. And he sad listens in. Because it turns out there was only... One dissenting vote, vote, and that was Mrs. Townsend. Was 100% Mrs. Townsend. That Marissa is coming back. So everyone's real excited. Taylor's mom storms off. Taylor comes up to her friends, is like, "Hey guys, I need a ride." And Summer's like, "No, no, no ride for you. You're coming for a sleepover." <laughs> which I think is, which I think would be a callback because I think Taylor wanted a sleepover. At she some wanted point. to watch ten Polish cinema movies. Right? Yeah. <laughs> which those kids are gonna watch tonight. <laughs> uh, Sandy goes to talk to Mercer, and, and Mercer's like, "I see what you were doing." Sandy's like, "Hey," and he puts his hand on. He doesn't put his hand on, but he metaphorically puts his hand on and says, "We found your son." Here's a post-it with his whereabouts. He wants you. He wants to find you. In Man, in one night, Sandy Cohen got Marissa back into harbor and reunited a father and a son. That is... And that's why Sandy should not be wasting his talents on real estate. <laughs> he, sh- he should be just, like, crossing the country, righting wrongs. Doing good. Riding the rails. Damn. Uh, we Out in the hallway, we get some more interaction between parents and kids. Both of the parents being Julie and Neil Roberts. They tell their kids the truth. Marissa's like, I thought we were poor. I didn't realize we were that poor. But mom, I'll come to that trailer park if that's what you want. I can come home whenever you want. And Summer, when she finds that her nose is like, oh. Okay. Well, dad, we're (laughs) fine without her. I think he says, uh, what she says is, well, I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry for you. I I love the idea of being like, Summer... Me and your mom are getting a divorce. I'm sorry. <laughs> but dad, we fine. Yeah. Uh, Marissa tells Ryan why she came about the whole Johnny getting his, you know. <laughs> his secret. His, his, his deus e machina. Yeah, his Pac West thing coming back. And Ryan wants to hang out with his friends. But first, he needs to see some Johnny. So he finds Johnny at the sad uh, lifeguard house. And he's like, hey, I called your mom. And she no, said... No, he visited her, his mom. That's right. He went to the house first. And he's yeah. like, your mom said you were somewhere sad. So uh, here I am. <laughs> I figured you'd probably be here. Now, he, here's what... Because I, at this point, I was still assuming that this was a lie. That Johnny came up with a lie so that Marissa would have a choice. But I think it might be true. And the reason why I believe that... I'm glad you agree. is because jo- Ryan says that he's told... Johnny's mom about it. And Johnny's mom didn't say anything. Yeah, at no point. Like, it could be either this or this is such deep innuendo. Or it's, I just, you'd think Ryan would have had like a one-liner where he's like, oh, I told you, said to your mom I was so excited for you and your mom said, what? Yeah, or or there'd be some line here where, where he's like, some sort of line to show that Ryan gets it and that we should all get it. But the, the, here's the thing. The lie is so, if it's a lie, is so weirdly specific and believable. 
the thing is, like we talked about earlier, as an alternate, yeah. he never has to get on a board. Yeah. He can just be a publicity story. Yeah, so so it's possible, but at this, at, as this episode ends, I have no idea. Because it could honestly be either way. It would be really weird if it was kind of true, because that means what Johnny's choice was, was to convince his doctor to... Or or the outcome's supposed to be that like Johnny was actually kind of hoping that Marissa would stay even with this outcome. I don't know. I just with like the um, economy of characters that this show has, <laughs> yeah. we will never find out the truth. Uh, so I'm... we just have to decide for ourselves what the truth is. Uh, who knows? And I choose to decide that Johnny gets to have a good future because none of our poor or normal characters <laughs> ever get to have a good future. Yeah, we're we're still waiting for um. Uh, what's her name? Teresa to come back. Teresa with that to baby. come back with that baby. <sighs> it's coming. <laughs> it's, that baby's coming back. All right. Well, we have a final wrap up where Screw California is played, and it's the senior photo, and Taylor gets to pose with friends. And so, yeah, that's like that's actually probably the sweetest moment. I was honestly thinking here that there's about fifty-ish kids there. Remember, Aaron, only one of those kids got into Brown. Only one of them wants to go to Brown. <laughs> only one of them. Well, now two of them, and maybe Emma Taylor could still go to Brown if she wants to. Maybe three of them can get into Brown. Oh, all friends. Oh. So, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. The other episode, did you find yourself a CW moment? I did find a CW moment. And by a CW moment, I mean a moment where Logic joined the Pack West tour and left behind its doppelganger, Drama. Okay. <laughs> My moment is when Dr. Kim decided to give Ryan the side eye and nudge during the parents' <laughs> conference. I still don't understand why Dr. Kim couldn't be like, um, excuse me. Actually, yeah. as the principal of the school, actually, there is precedent. I don't understand why. Yeah, I don't understand why she had to, like, see. Because she knows that student, that children can't talk. In the, is the principal also not allowed to talk at that board meeting? Because, like. Why did she use him as, like, a filter and then also just did a, yes, that's true, anyways. It's clearly just for drama, just so Ryan gets to say it. As a Ryan. <laughs> though he says it so awkwardly. Uh, actually, there is a president. Or it's to reaffirm for us that Ryan is a grown man. And that Dr. Kim is a snitch. So, Kevin, what's your CW moment? My CW moment, and th- th- this is something that is truly unnecessarily dramatic, with that has nothing to do with the plot, is when Summer is like Marissa, when they're talking about the whole, you know, party on the same night as that, as the hearing, Summer's like, Marissa, you have to tell Johnny, and gives her the phone, and then she dials a few numbers, the music swells, and she looks up, and presses the, the you know, the, if the, the hang-up call button, and just puts the phone down, and then we go to commercial. Because turns out she was just going to tell him in person. Because 2006 was a different time. Like, what, what, but Summer could just been like, you have to tell him next time you see him. Also, does, and- it, does it actually matter the party is on the same night? She has to tell Johnny she's leaving the school either way. <laughs> yeah, it's true. The party thing actually ended up being, I mean, it, I guess it, uh, 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 it lined up very well because of... Oh man, I, yeah, I, I don't know. There's no reason that party had to be on the same night, um, but more more so, it was the summer being like you have to call him, and she decides not to call him. But then next scene, she just she tells, immediately tells him, tells him. Yeah, 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 that could have been different, but they wanted a. They're like, oh, we're going to commercial here. We need something dramatic. Let's do something snappy. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. that is and that is the aftermath of a CW moments. 
2006. 2006. Uh, off on the PacWest tour, surfing with the boys. And here we are ready for a new set of storylines because they wrapped this one up and yeah. we still have 13 episodes to go. Yeah, well, I mean, as we said, we on in the... Yeah, on the the DVD page, we saw uh, Caitlin. She's coming. And the next episode is called The Sister Act. And we know that Julia is too poor to pay for tuition for things. <laughs> so she has, to be coming, she has to be coming back and being like, hey, mom, I was kicked out of school because you weren't paying. What happened? Mom, where's my horse? Mom, where's my dad? <laughs> <laughs> where's my stepdad? Where's anybody? Where's our mom? I'm like, played by happened? a different actress. What's happening here? I feel very tall and I'm, very old. I'm confused. Where's my fight club? <laughs> mom, help me. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I guess that's going to be the new thing, and they're all going to be... I, I, Is she going to come back? She's going to come back spoiled, right? She has to. She has to come back and be like, I don't like the poorness. Give me my pony. Because they can't, cause here's the thing, they can't give it to Marissa, because Marissa has to keep being the good one. Marissa's the lead character. Even though clearly Marissa would be the one who's like, we're way too poor. Mom... I'm going to go back to the Roberts house. <laughs> like the Roberts house. So I wonder if they're bringing in Caitlyn to essentially balance out Marissa. <laughs> <laughs> Caitlyn's just like super chill about it. No, no. I mean, Marissa, no, Caitlyn will be the one who's like. Oh, Caitlyn's even worse than yes, Marissa. Like, like, I think that's the, what they're going to be doing is that Marissa will still be like upset because they have to because they have to play to her character. And she has never faced. I don't want to say this because it's not that she's never faced adversity. But she's never faced, like... She's always kind of skimmed over it. Yeah. She's had, like, surface level. Yeah, because, I mean, she's, don't get me wrong. She's been through a lot. But, like, when you when you talk about just, I guess, not person, not not emotionally or personally, but, like, life state. She gets out of her trouble very easily. Yeah. Unlike Ryan, <laughs> whose trouble keeps coming up and, like, banging him over the head with a tire iron. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I just mean, like, even when her family went poor, she just stayed at at Summers well, and never... And the worst thing that's happened to her, which has actually impacted her the most and has been a very good storyline, was the Trey thing. Yeah. 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 Where she shot a kid. Grown man. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm doing the... the, the dumb the, show. The doing the diehard thing. I shot a kid. All right. <laughs> Let's wrap this up. Uh, so, if you like this... Please subscribe to us. Please rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts or your podcaster of choice. Yeah, and uh, you can also get hold of us. You can talk to us about this and any of the seasons that series, not seasons, se- our seasons, any of the series or seasons that we uh, that we do here. And you can get us on social media. It's all podcast MOA, podcast MOA. And if you're Wes from Smosh, we would love to have you as a guest star. <laughs> That is the trend for this episode. If that one specific person listens to this podcast. We'll also take other guest stars. We'll take other guest stars. <laughs> Specifically, Wes, email us, podcastmoa at gmail.com. Well, now you know our thing. Uh, so we'll see you next week. Can Marissa integrate back into life at Harper School? Will Taylor recover from this confrontation with her mom? Did Johnny lie? This is not a joke. I actually need to know. As is all this and more, next week's episode of Macy Outsides and Abs. A teen drama fan cast? 